discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatin as Christ is magnified in you. I'm glad to be in the house of God. I can sense faith in the atmosphere. I don't know if you can sense and feel faith. Like there's faith in the atmosphere. Well, I'm still teaching on the vocabulary of salvation. Is it a powerful message? So today I want to add another very important word of salvation. Very, very, very important word of salvation. Very, very important word of salvation. It's called sanctification. Sanctification. Say sanctification. Last week we did what? Justification, isn't it? The week before we did what? Imputation. Then the week before then we did what? Remission. We did remission. Then the week before that we did what? Regeneration. Then the week before that we did what? Reconciliation. Then the week before that we did what? Propitiation. Then what else? Redemption. And then what else? Shin shin. Something shin. Righteousness. Wow. Have you been learning anything at all? So all the messages are on the podcast. I don't know why you'll be in this church and not have access to the podcast. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's wrong with you. I, I can't even think far about it. Like, I can't begin to think about why you would not have it. Even I listen to the message I've preached. I don't know why you wouldn't. Hallelujah. Don't be a religious churchgoer. Don't be in church because you are supposed to be in church. It is not correct. Be in church because of God and his word. Be in church because you want to hear the word of God and put it to work for yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's very important. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What will cause you to move forward in life is faith. Tell me about what will cause you to move forward in life. It's faith. No matter how much money you are given, no matter the opportunities you are given, if you don't have access to the word of God, if you don't have faith, you lose everything. It's just a matter of time. I told a story of one guy who drank all of his father's property away. Do you remember? He drank all the air conditions in his father's hotel. His father owned a hotel before he died. When the father died, the guy, you know, was just living. He was just chopping everything, spending everything. He spent it to the point that he started removing the air conditions in the, in the hotel. So he would go to room one and then unscrew the air condition and come and put it on the table at the beer bar. And then tell them that when it is finished, let me know, I'll bring another one. Yeah. And he drank all the air conditions away and drank the whole hotel away. Yeah. So it's not, it's not about 
what you are given. It's not about inheritance. I've never had inheritance in my mind. Never. Maybe because of where I came from. Yeah, I'm thinking so. <laughs> so there was, there was never inheritance in my mind that, oh, my father would die and leave this for me. Never. My father passed on, God bless his soul and rest his soul, two years ago. We've not distributed, we've not sat down to distribute any inheritance. No, what, what are you talking about? There's no will, nothing. We are, but we are there, we are alive. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's not that he didn't have, he has property, he has property. But whoever was controlling whatever before he passed on, is the one who is still controlling the thing. Yeah. Let's live our lives and move on with our lives. Yeah. If you have inheritance in your mind, you'll be surprised that one day when you get that inheritance, you will blow everything. You will blow everything. One lady sued a lottery company in UK for destroying her life because she won a lottery of one million pounds about eight years ago. And her life from that time, when she had, you know, one million pounds, one million pounds is a lot of money. How much is it in dollars? One million pounds is like, it's like three million dollars or so. It's a lot of money. And three million dollars can do a lot. Yeah, for Ghana. <laughs> you know, and she, you know, you know what she did? She just got into drugs, got into all kinds of things, and destroyed her life. Because money is power. Money is influence. You can just imagine you can do, if you can do anything. What will you do if you can do anything? What will you do? You can do anything. And that's, what, that's the power money gives you. Money gives you. The Bible says that money answers all things. Money answers everything. Answers everything. If you want women, you can have women. If you want cars, you can have cars. If you want, when I said women, the ladies are looking at me like, okay, so if you want men, you can have men. Yes. Korean men. Hey. Whether I like it or not, we are the people you marry. You will not get any Korean to marry. The, be- the earlier you humble yourself, the better for you. We are the people you marry. Just humble yourself. Stop watching Korean series. Just... Be happy. We are the ones who will marry you. Just relax. Tell the about relax. Relax. We now we will marry you. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. How many of you heard of uh, Macaulay Kil- Kilcon? Macaulay. Home alone. Uh-huh. You don't know his name. That guy. He was exposed to money very early in his life. There he was not matured enough to handle money. Too early. Too early. Do you know he took his, his parents were taken to court. He took his parents to court to fight over his property. His inheritance. Like his money that he had made through the movies. You know. He destroyed his life. He's now trying to put the pieces back. Got into cocaine. Got into all kinds of things. It was not easy. Yeah. You know. So. Life is all about the investment of your personality. What are you? Who are you? So, T.L. Osborne of blessed memory said something. T.L. Osborne was a very, very successful preacher. He said something 
about success. It says work on being, not on having. Work on what? Being, not on having. Because you shall have after you have become. You get it? When you become, you shall have. Yeah. So work on being, work on your personality. What type of person are you? What type of they say money is an amplifier. Money amplifies your life. It amplifies who you really are. We may never know you are some way because there's no money. But when you get money, then we'll see that, hey, sana, asumua, you were some way. We didn't know. Hmm. So it's important. Use the word of God. Like, invest the word of God into your spirit. It will change your life. And the way to do it is to open your ears to the word of God for it to come in. Sleep with God's word. Like, put the message on and sleep with it. Okay? Yeah. Sometimes I can be sleeping and I'll just wake up because the message is playing and it has woken me up. And I'll pray for some time before I go back to bed. Yeah. Faith. It brings faith to you. And then you, can, you realize that when there's a situation, your faith just rises in you to meet the situation. It just rises in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So expose your ears. Tell everybody, expose your ears. To the word of God. Because, you see, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Next month is a month of faith. I think I've said it so many times. It's a month of faith. I don't want to hide it from you. It's a month of faith. So I'm going to be talking about faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The just shall live by faith. Hmm? We live by faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. Without faith, you cannot walk with God. Faith is so important. Faith is so important. You cannot get anything from God without faith. And how does faith come? Through the word of God. So I don't know what you are interested in. I don't know what you want to, how you think change is going to come. Or how you think things are going to work and things are going to, things don't work. Things don't just work. Do you understand? Time only reveals what you have invested in. Time. If you depend on time and say, oh, with time it will change. It's a lie. Time doesn't actually change anything. It only changes your facial expressions, your facial, your body. That's what it's just, that's all it changes. Yeah. But if you want to see fruits, if you want to see results, you must sow some things now. So that time will make you have a harvest and reveal your harvest to you. If you don't, if you don't sow anything, forget it. Understand what I'm, I'm talking about? Not, I'm not talking about sowing seeds, sowing money. I'm talking about sowing the word, investing the word of God into us. It's so important. It's so important. If you've done that, you can rest and be happy even though things may not be working in a certain way. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So you must be in faith. I think last week I spoke about it, or last two weeks. I spoke about faith and patience. How that you must be, your, your faith cannot work without patience. I said it somewhere, I don't know where it was. It's on the podcast somewhere. Because I remember I've preached it. I preached it that faith without patience, it's not going to work. You have faith, you have patience, you produce the fruits that you're supposed to have. Hallelujah. So listen to the word of God, okay? Open your, the Bible says that my son, attend to my words. Are you a child of God? It says, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Like, let your ears be plugged with his sayings. This is the idea of the word. Meaning that in this year, in this season, nothing will change. Nothing will work without the word of God. That's what it means. When the year is declared, that's what it means. That it means that this is the main thing that you're going to use to progress in life. 
in that particular year. So if you don't use it and you want solutions to come from some other place, you are insulting God. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, he says, my son, attend to my words. How do you attend to my words? Incline. The first thing is incline thy ear unto my sins. Let them not depart from thine eyes. In other words, keep watching it. We have a YouTube channel. It's free of charge. But just a few people have registered, have subscribed to it and watched the video. The videos are there free of charge. We don't charge anything. It's just about 500 people who have, who have subscribed. And I'm sure out of the 500, there are more who are not in the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Otherwise, keep looking at them. Keep them in the midst of your heart. It is only by exposing your eye gate and your ear gate to the word of God that it ends up going into your heart. Do you think I know the Bible? You think I know the... I'm a successful pastor. I'm, I have... I have 55 pastors under me that are working with me. 55. Yeah. And we are going to make another 45 or so. Making 100. There are more than 500 leaders in the church. With more than 20 churches. Do you think I have some small success? Just some small success. Yes, very much. I'm a very small boy too. I'm not old at all. I'm very, I have so many. If you think you are going to inherit me, you are in trouble because you may die before me. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm very young. I'm living a, I'm living a, hey. Hallelujah. You see, all this is not part of my message, but I'm being inspired to tell you all these things. I have, I have gotten to that point I have gotten to. I've not gone anywhere. To me, I've not gone more than 1% of what God wants me to do. I've not. Yeah, that's if you think me I'm something mean to me I am not. I've just I've not done 1% even. Yeah, because if I look at those I follow, if I look at those God has given to me to hear and listen to, I have not I've, I've not. You understand? Uh-huh. Not even 1%. Like I'm now crawling, I'm now trying to stand up. Yes, yes, yes. It's the truth. I'm telling you my, 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 my heart, and I'm telling you my, my, this is what is in my mind, this is what is in my heart. Yeah, I've not gotten anywhere. At all, at all, at all. At all. I've not achieved anything. At all. Yeah. Sorry? You are now, you are now about to hear the call of God. It's a good mindset to have. It will humble you. you it's not like you, you think you have become, you have not, you are nothing. Hallelujah. Expose, that, that's how things work. Expose your eyes, expose your ears. I just watch videos. Eh? I watch videos. I, I listen to messages. And I make notes. That's, that's, what I, that's my Bible school. Yeah. Yeah. I read books. Yeah. Where's Adra? When you came, didn't you see me opening a book? I was standing by my desk and I opened a book. And I was just looking at some things, some last show things before I come and come and preach. Yeah, I just look, I have to check some things. Yeah, books. When I preach, you think I'm an original. I'm not an original. I've picked from many places. Yeah, you know if you know where I've picked, I picked it from. What I'm coming to preach, you don't know where I even got it from. But I got it from somewhere. It's not my message. I got it from somewhere. Yeah, I got it from somewhere. And I've just expanded it. Yeah, that's all, basically. Yeah, the, mes- the vocabulary of salvation, the message that I was in when it was preached, it was preached for one hour, 45 minutes. 
I have preached it. This is the 10th message I've preached on the vocabulary of salvation. Everything, one hour, 45 minutes. I have preached 10, 10 messages, 10 sessions, each one with more than one hour. Yeah. It's called copy, modify, and paste. I don't know why you are struggling in life, like you are stressing yourself. It's like you are trying to be something. You are Charlie, brother, sister, humble yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to be a pastor over uh, people who are not making it. It's a very painful thing. When you're a pastor and it's like, oh, your people are not doing well. No, I want my people to do well. I want you to do well. That is why I'm showing you the way. Okay? I want you to do well. You do well. You have to do well. Yeah. Just about three days ago, I was asking myself, am I the only one who is succeeding in this church? Like, I don't want to be a pastor who is, it's like, you are the only one who is prospering. So I was looking, I was like, hey God, am I, am I a pastor over, proper pastor over this people? Yeah, I was just, these are questions I ask myself every now and then. Because you have to prosper, you have to increase. Something must happen in your life. Okay? Something must happen in your life. How is that going to happen? The word of God. There's nothing else. I'm not succeeding by anything. You should see where I'm coming from. Maybe my house is harder than yours. We are in Africa, everybody's house is hard. It depends on the level of hardness. Some people's hardness is the, is the diamond type. You can't crack it. You need special equipment to crack. Other people have the Nigerian coconut type of hardness. Other people's own is like the, the back of a, of a snail. It's not my, you just crack it and then you are gone. Uh, it's, Af- it's Africa. Oh, you don't know it's Africa. Uh, it's not like any other place. Be there and think that you had, your house is not hard. Your house is hard. Thank God you have been brought into the house of God. You are now part of the household of God. Hallelujah. So you must insist on the benefits of the household of God for yourself. Okay? Sanctification. Say sanctification. sanctification. How do you spell sanctification? S A N C T I. All right. Yeah, yeah. You're going to school. Thank God. Sanctification. Okay? Let's read First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. I have a very exciting... I think out of all of them, this is the most exciting one. That's what I think personally. So, let's look at it. It's very nice. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So, the word sanctification is mentioned here. And it means the Greek word is... There are so many Greek words, but the main one for this is hagiasmos. Okay? The Greek word is hagiasmos. Hagiasmos. Hallelujah. Hagiasmos. Say hagiasmos. Yeah, we have hagiasune, hagiazo, hagias. Plenty. Hagias, something. Hallelujah. But this one is hagiasmos. And it means consecration. Consecration. Okay? Consecration. Hagiasmos. It means consecration. Consecration. It also means purification. 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 And this word hagiasmos is from another word, which is hagiazo. 
Hagiazo. Hagiazo means sanctify or sanctified. Okay, Hagiazo is sanctify or sanctified. Hagiazo. And Hagiazo means to separate from profane things. To separate from profane things. Hagiazo. To separate from what? Separates from profane things unto and dedicate unto God. Okay? Separate from profane things and dedicate to God. Separate from profane things and dedicate to God. It also means to make holy or holiness. So there are a number of words that are translated as holiness, which are actually hagiazo or hagiasmos. So the word for sanctification is the same word for holiness, basically, in the Bible. Okay. So hagiazo means what? To separate from profane things and dedicate to God. To separate and dedicate. Okay. So that's consecration is an act of dedicating to God. Okay. So some people try and separate sanctification from consecration because... um, Sanctification has to do with separating onto something. And then consecration has to do with dedicating onto another thing. But it's, it's like they are together because you can't separate without dedicating. So when you separate, you dedicate. The idea for separation is dedication. So a lot of people put, put it together because it's practically the same thing. Hallelujah. All right. Then this word, hagiazo, is also from another word, Hagios. <laughs> and it means most holy things. Most holy things. You remember I mentioned there are so many words which are practically the same. Okay? Most holy thing or most holy things. It means holiness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So hagiasmos, which is the word for sanctification, means consecration or purification. And it comes from the word hagiazo, which means to sanctify or sanctify which has to do with separating from profane things and dedicating unto God. Okay? Then, it also comes from the word hagios, which means most holy things. So, sanctification means to make holy. That's the main thing I want you to see. Sanctification means what? To make holy. Hallelujah. All right. Can we go on? The first thing I want you to know about sanctification is that we are sanctified as new creatures through the blood of Christ. If you are born again, you are sanctified through the blood of Christ. Okay? We are sanctified as new creatures or new creations through the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. By virtue of God's work in Christ, we have been made most holy unto God. We have been separated unto God. And we are now instruments that God uses. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9. We are sanctified as new creatures or new creations through the blood of Christ. It's through the blood of Christ. Now look at this one. He said, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind, 
nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Very wild list. Isn't it a very wild list? Very, very wild list. Hey! Look at the next verse. It says, And such were some of you. What a blessing. And such what? Where? Is where past or present? It's past. And such were some of you. Then it says, But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. And such were some of you. Is it true? Are you in the Bible? Are you in the scriptures? Ask your neighbor, what were you? What were you? This one, you don't have to say it loudly, just whisper into your neighbor's ears. I was a thief. I was a thief. But then you say, But I'm washed. I'm washed. I'm washed. If it hadn't been for Jesus, eh? You would have been surprised. You would have been on your way to hell. I mean, what, what can clean your sin? Akesha or so clean. Or Omo. Or Parazo. It can't clean your sin. Nothing can clean. It's only the blood of Christ. It says, But ye are washed. Go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. It's so beautiful. Revelation chapter 1. Let's read from verse 4. Revelation 1 from verse 4 to verse 5. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Then he says, unto him that loved us. And washed us from our sins in his own blood. In his own blood. Unto him that loved us. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus loved you so much. He washed you from your sins in his own blood. What a blessing. That is why you have every cause to always thank the Lord. Because the main thing has been done. He has washed you from your sins in his own blood. What else can't he do? Ask your neighbor, what else can't he do? Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Let's read verse 9 and verse 10. Hebrews 10, 9 and 10. There's so many beautiful things. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We are sanctified. How? Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Once and for all. Because of Jesus' offering of his body and offering of his blood, we are sanctified. We are separated from profane things and dedicated unto God. What a blessing. Look at chapter 13. Chapter, chapter 13 verse 11. Hebrews 13 11. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Verse 12. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. For the purpose of sanctifying you, he suffered without the gate. How did he sanctify us? He sanctified us through his blood. The sanctifying power in the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why the more you partake of the communion, the more sanctified you become. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. See, I'm sanctified. 
but ye are washed. Look at chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's read from verse 28 to 29 now. Hebrews 10, 28, 29. He that despises Moses' Lord died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Next verse. Of how much sorrow punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified. Meaning that the blood of Christ is what sanctifies us. I see it. He says, who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite unto the spirit of grace. This is just showing you that we were sanctified by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ has sanctifying power. Nothing else has that sanctifying power. The Bible says that if the blood of cows and goats was able to sanctify the people and purify them for a year, how much more the blood of Christ? Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot? Eh? Yeah. So the blood of Christ is what he, he washed us from our sins in his own blood. And as he washed us from our sins in his own blood, we were taken away from profane things. All the profane things that were on you was left in the blood. And then you came out as a new creation, set apart and dedicated unto God. What a blessing. Say, say it's a great blessing. Yeah. So we are sanctified. We are the sanctified ones of God. Look at 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1, 2 and 3. Let's read from verse 1. So that's nicer. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustains our brother. Next verse, verse 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Have you seen it? Called to be saints. And if you've noticed the word to be there, it's in brackets, it's in parentheses, meaning that it is not in the original rendering. It was added for it to make sense, to read right. Okay? So it's supposed to read like this. Unto the church of God which is according to them that are sanctified in Jesus Christ, called saints. So God calls you a saint. You don't need to die, you don't need to do some very wild things and then die and then a certain church will, will, will make you a saint. So that you become saint, what? Saint, saint McDaniel. Saint Alex, Saint John, you have Saint John, Saint what? Saint McCaffrey, hey, Saint Paula, Saint Papo. What a shock! I'm wondering which church will be named Saint Papo International Gospel Ministries. Hey, but because of Jesus' sanctifying power, the sanctifying power of the blood of Christ, we have now been made sanctified, and hence are described as saints. The one who is sanctified is called a saint. The one who is separated from profane things and dedicated unto God is called a saint. So he says, call to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Both theirs and ours. There are so many places where he calls us saints. We can read, let's look at Romans chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised before by the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Verse 3. Concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Verse 4. And declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Verse 7. Okay. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, then he says, called to be saints. This one is also, this one too, that to be is also in parenthesis. So meaning that it's actually called saints. Grace to you. He was writing to the Roman, the church in Rome, and he says, they are saints. Why? 
Why is he calling them saints? Is he calling them saints because they don't do anything wrong? No. He's calling them saints because of what Christ has done. So because of what Christ has done, we are now saints. So you can just introduce to your, yourself to your, your neighbor around you. Just introduce yourself. Hello, saints. Saints. Paula. Yeah. Why? Because we are sanctified. Hallelujah. And it's all the work of God in Christ. Okay? It has nothing to do with what you can do. There's nothing you can do to be sanctified. How will you, how will you begin to sanctify yourself? To be, to be accepted before God. You can't begin to. Because it is the work of God in Christ. I want to show you some more along that line. So sanctification is strictly the work of God in Christ. Acts chapter 26 from verse 16. Look at Acts 26 from verse 16. It is strictly the work of God in Christ. It has nothing to do with us. Okay? So if someone tells you that you need to do something to be sanctified, you should ask the person, Hey, brother, have you been reading? Which Bible are you reading? Are you reading King James or Kojovi version? Which one? But rise and stand upon your feet. This is Jesus talking to Paul and giving Paul his assignment. He says, but rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto you for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Next verse. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send you to open their eyes. I'm sending you for this purpose. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. So that they may receive forgiveness of sins. And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith in me. This is Jesus Christ. This is Jesus talking to Paul. Then he says that. So that they may receive forgiveness of sins. And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. Which is in me. What a blessing. Look at Acts chapter 20 verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Who are those who are sanctified? Those who are sanctified are Christians. They are the saints. There's an inheritance for being sanctified. There's an inheritance for being set apart unto God and being dedicated unto God. What a blessing. We are going to find out some of those inheritance with time. Hallelujah. So, it's the work of Christ is sanctified in faith in me, not in somebody. Faith in Christ. Are you here? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. Hebrews 2 verse 10. I have plenty of scriptures. I have at least 50 scriptures here written down. That is mine. The ones that will come as I'm preaching. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things this is Jesus talking about Jesus for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings verse 11 for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one for which cause it's not ashamed to call them brethren so he says he calls you brethren he calls you brother or sister because he who is a sanctifier has sanctified you. Who is a sanctifier? Jesus is the sanctifier. And he uses his blood to sanctify. It, had not, it has nothing to do. I'm, I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying because of what I'll be saying later on. So take notice of what I'm saying, okay? Are you in the church? Yeah. All right. First Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. 
It's just nice reading the scriptures. It's not nice. It's just nice reading the Bible. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit. In other words, it is the Holy Spirit who does the sanctification. That is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, it says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified. How? Through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and through the Spirit. So it is the Holy Spirit. You see, he's called Holy Spirit because he's holy. He's the embodiment of holiness. And he's the one responsible for making holy. So he says that elect, you are elect according to the foreknowledge of God through the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit. It is through the sanctifying abilities of the Spirit. Unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Hallelujah. So it's strictly the work of God in Christ. The work of the Holy Spirit in Christ. It has nothing to do with any man. All you need to do is to believe in Christ. As you receive Christ, so all that I've described to you is called instantaneous sanctification. What I've just mentioned to you since I began. It's called instantaneous what? Sanctification. There's progressive sanctification. And there's instantaneous sanctification. Instantaneous sanctification has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God. God did it in Christ for us. And made us sanctified. He set us apart from profane things and brought him to himself. It is all him. So if you read in Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Look at Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren. He calls us holy brethren. Tell your neighbor. Holy brother. Holy sister. You are the holy brethren. Isn't that a blessing? Yeah. Wherefore, holy brethren. Partakers of the heavenly calling. What a blessing. We are partakers of the heavenly calling. Who made us partakers of the heavenly calling? Christ. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. Consider him. Consider him every time. It is not, you don't have to consider any man or consider, consider any action. Just consider what he has done. Because of what he has done, we are now described as holy brethren. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't it a blessing? So we are sanctified because of God's work in Christ because of the action of God in Christ. Through Christ's blood, through Christ's flesh, and through the Spirit, we are set apart and separated and dedicated unto God and made holy. We are made holy. So you have the nature of holiness. Why? Because of what Christ did. So he has imparted unto you the nature of, holy, of, of holiness. The new creation comes with holiness. However, there is progressive sanctification. We don't grow in righteousness, but we grow in holiness. You don't grow in righteousness, but you grow in holiness. A child does not become more human as he grows. If a child is born today, is he a human being? If you like, use him for money medicine and see what the government, and let the government catch you, you see what they will do to you. Will you be imprisoned as much as using a 40-year-old man for money medicine? Same sentence. Maybe worse because it is more wicked for you to kill a child for money than it would be for killing a, a, a bigger person. <laughs> Are you in the church? Why? She's a human being or he's a human being. Okay? So righteousness is the nature of God. That is imparted to our spirit. It's a gift of God. And we don't grow in right. You can't become more righteous than you were two days ago. Righteousness is a nature that is imparted to you. 
So you don't grow in righteousness. You don't become better. Oh, this one, this one is more righteous than this one. His righteousness is higher than this one. You can't say that. Pair the righteousness which is by faith in Christ Jesus. That righteousness does not grow. You cannot increase or you cannot grow in that. But you grow in holiness. We are to increase in holiness. We are to increase in sanctification. We are sanctified. We are called the sanctified ones. It's the truth. But as much as you celebrate that, you must also remember that sanctification is progressive. So I want to show you progressive sanctification. Okay? Can I show it to you in the Bible? All right. That's why I said it's the most exciting of them all. Because it's something you can do something about. You have a part to play in it. All that I've described, you have nothing to do with it. You just have to be conscious of it. But this one, you have to do something about it. You can do, as much as you're conscious of it, you must also, you have a part to play. You have something to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6 from verse 14. We're reading all the way to chapter 7 verse 1, okay? It's one of my favorite portions of the Bible. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So you can't marry a Muslim. No matter how much money or how, how handsome he is, you cannot marry a Muslim. What do you think? No matter how beautiful he is, she is. No matter how sexy she is. No matter how much she, she respects you and does all kinds of things. You cannot marry a Muslim, please. Tell anybody, you cannot marry a Muslim. Neither a Buddhist. Or a Hindu. Don't say, I'm going to change him or her. Tell anybody, don't say, I'm going to change him or her. Repent if you think you are going to change anybody. Tell anybody, repent. repent. If you think you are going to change anybody. Because the Bible says that be not unequally yoked together with what? With unbelievers. Let's read it. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness? With unrighteousness. He calls you righteousness and he calls them unrighteousness. And what communion has light with darkness? You are light and they are darkness. And what concord has Christ with Belial? He calls you Christ and calls them Belial. Belial is the prince of devils. And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? You believe and he calls them infidels. And what agreements has a temple of God with idols? <gasps> so you are the thesis. You are the temple of God. Say I'm the temple of God. Meaning that God didn't just separate you from profane things and dedicate you to himself. Okay? He is now living inside you. You see, all the things in the temple were brought from outside and brought before the presence of God. For the presence of God to hover them. As long as it was in front of God, it was holy. But in our case, we weren't just brought before, before God. When we came before God, God said, I don't want to be before you. I want to be inside you. Isn't that a blessing? So we are the most holy thing that you can think about. Because of what we have become. We have become the temples of the living God. He says, and what agreements are the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Ye are the temple of the living God. Not you shall be. You are the temple of the living God. Say, I am the temple of the living God. Not the dead God. By the living God. That is why if someone touches you. The person is in trouble. This is the consciousness that produces power all around you. I'm the temple of the living God. You can't, you see, one day, 
uh, Israel went to fight the Philistines. The Philistines overcame them and took the Ark of Covenant. Okay? The Ark of Covenant had God dwelling inside. God was there on it every time. God would come and come and settle on it. It was assumed that it was presumed that God was inside the ark. They carried the ark to their house, to their country, and they put it before their God. And then they went to sleep. When they came back, their God had fallen down. The God was sta- it's a statue. So the God was standing as a statue. And they came to put the ark of covenant in front of the statue. When they went and slept and came back, the statue had fallen face down in front of the ark. And they said, ah, what's the meaning of this? So they came to prop it up again. When they went back and came back, it had fallen and its neck had broken, its hand had broken, everything it was broken into pieces. And all the people in that city started developing boils in their secret parts. Boils everywhere. And dying. It was not easy for them. Why? Because they had carried the presence of God into their house, into their environment. If someone kidnaps you, Is in trouble. They had to organize and send. They had to organize and send the Ark of Covenant back. They organized and send the Ark of Covenant back to Israel. Make appeasement. They were. They had to make appeasement to God, and send the Ark of Covenant back. When someone kidnaps you, you are the Ark of Covenant moving around you. When someone kidnaps you, he has kidnapped God. And if you can, if you can kidnap God, then continue. Just continue. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's in the Bible, first and much of the five. And when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stamp of Dagon was left to him. Cut off, com- completely gone. Next verse, look at the next verse. Therefore, they are, therefore neither the, the priest of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in, in Asdod. Unto this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them in, of Ashdod, and he destroyed them and smote them with emeralds, with Ashdod, even Ashdod and the coast thereof. He emeralds, boils, all over. And he, a lot of people died. Why? Because he had kidnapped the Ark of Covenant. Now you are the Ark of Covenant. The presence of God is living inside you. The Bible says that you are God, little children. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That is why it's one of the number one things you should be meditating on in your life. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Kidnap and see. Kidnap and see. One little boy was kidnapped. Little boy was kidnapped. With two other children. And the boy was just, the boy was full of the Holy Ghost. And he was just singing in the car. Throughout. Singing songs. Holy Spirit anointed songs. For you are glorious and worthy to be praised, the Lamb upon your throne. Hey, he sang, ah. Uh, the, the, the kidnapper said, Why? <laughs> and he drove back and came to come and drop him, only him, and told him he should go. And continued with the rest. Away. That small boy, there's a difference. There are two people in this life. There are those who are the ark of God, and there are those who are not. Which which one are you? I am I am the ark of God moving around. Why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will never fail in my life. I will keep succeeding on every sea of my life. Yeah. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, 
I will. It is God who did it. We didn't have anything to do with it. I will. I will. I like it. I will dwell in them and will walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's God. That's what God decided. I will be their God and they shall be my people. I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will parambulate in them. Look at the next verse. Then it says, because of this, because God is in you, because you are the temple of the living God, come out from among them. Who are the them? The world. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Say the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Next verse. And will be a father unto you, and it shall be my sons and daughters, say the Lord Almighty. Now, are we not sons and daughters of God? Because he's in us. Why is he saying that when you separate yourself and come unto him, and take yourself away from the unclean thing, he shall be a father unto you, and it shall be a son or a daughter to him. You will enjoy the benefits of your inheritance through sanctification. Okay? By being conscious of it and producing it, growing in it. The more you grow in it, the more conscious you become and the more results you produce. There are Christians who have been kidnapped and died. Haven't you heard? Oh, plenty. Why did it it happen to them? Because they were not growing in their sanctification. I'll show you some more. Look at the next verse. The next verse is chapter 7, verse 1, isn't it? It says, Having therefore these promises... It's a continuous letter. So having therefore these promises that we just spoke about. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. He's always talking about cleansing. Because cleansing has to do with separation. Taking yourself away from that which... Remember, he says, sanctification is what? Separating from profane things. Unto God. And dedicating to God. So it says, practically speaking, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Any filth of the flesh and of the spirit. Doing what? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. The word perfecting perfecting means to increase, to fulfill, to multiply in it. So we multiply in holiness. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You do so through the fear of God. Without the fear of God, you will not set yourself apart. You will not sanctify yourself. So as much as we are sanctified, there is progressive, that is instantaneous sanctification. Before God is the truth. God is inside you because you are sanctified. But you need to separate yourself up some more. You need to grow in it. Let me show you some more. That's why I said it's the most exciting of them all. When I conclude, you understand. Hmm. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and 26. Um, what am I showing? I'm showing you now that. I'm showing you about the progressive sanctification, okay? I'm showing you about progressive sanctification. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Isn't it? He gave himself for it. That means he died. Right? He loved the church, he died. When he died, what happened? He rose again from the dead. And brought us out as new creations. All that is in this verse here. Go back, please. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. The next verse is our resurrection. It's our, our life. Now that we are born again. Since now that you are born again, he says, next verse please. Christ died for the church so that he might what? Sanctify. He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water 
by the way. Meaning that this is something that Jesus is doing right now. It's a continuous thing. It's a continuous process. It's something that is being done right now. And he's done it since he came out of the graves. When he came out of the graves, we were sanctified. But after he came out of the graves without sanctified, he's now sanctifying us and cleansing us with the washing of water by the word of God. That, in, that implies the mindset of that, the fact that it is progressive. You are being sanctified. You are sanctified, but you are being sanctified. You are holy, but you, are, you have to grow in holiness. How? Through the washing of water by the word. So the more of the word of God you expose yourself to, the more separate you become unto God. The more, look at, look at uh, John chapter 17, verse 19. John 17, 19. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they, may, they might also be sanctified through the, through the, through the truth. Go to, go to uh, verse 17. 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy word, through thy, through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Have you seen it? So what sanctifies? The word of God. The word of God is what sanctifies. It cleanses. It has an, a, a sanctifying ability. It has a cleansing ability. Why, why does it cleanse you? It cleanses you because you pick a lot of filth in the world. And you need the word of God to clean you. To cleanse you on a daily basis. Hallelujah. John 15 verse 3. Jesus said you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So Christ is sanctifying us by the washing of water by the word. Why? Because the word of God is the means of sanctification. The means of cleansing you continuously. The means of making you more holy. So the more you engage yourself in the word, the more separate you become to God. The more holy you become. Like I said, we are holy, but we must grow in holiness. In other words, you can't be born again, a child of God, and you are into all kinds of things. It shows that you are not yet, you've not yet started on your journey of progressive sanctification. You may have understood the first type, that we are sanctified, the instantaneous one. You may have understood that, which is, which is good, it's very important, because that's the beginning. But apart from that, you must progressively be sanctified. So I'll show you some more. Can I show you some more? Mm -hmm. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Quench not the spirit. Next verse. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. These are instructions that Paul is giving to the church. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. <laughs> Even appearance. Not entertaining. Appearance. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Is this past, present, or future? Or present continuous? It's present continuous, isn't it? The, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Not holy in terms of... Not, this is whole. Whole. To make whole. To make perfect. To make without spot. Remember, he says that husbands love your love wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it by the washing of water, by the word, so that he might present it to himself a glorious church without spots or wrinkle or any such thing. God would have you show forth on that day before him without blame, without impurities on you, without spots, without wrinkles, without anything that makes you unwhole. I hear. So he says, and the very God of peace sanctify you. It's a continuous process. He's still doing it. How does he do it? Through the way I've showed you. 
one major way through the word. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit. Meaning that someone's spirit can be contaminated. That is why in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1, he says that let's, let's move away from anything that to any filthiness of the spirit and of the flesh. There are things that affect your spirit. Something like pride, for instance, affects your spirit. Something like unforgiveness affects your spirit. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in terms of your, sanctific- of your sanctification, on that day, you must stand before God without blame. And God is able to present you before him without blame. All you need to do is yield yourself. I'm showing you. Look at an Exodus, verse 24. God says, faithful is he that calleth, who also will do it. So your continuous sanctification is not something you do. It's something he does through you. I'll show you. Tell neighbor, I'll show you. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 and, and this is what differentiates Christians this is what differentiates Christians sometimes you see someone who says he's born again he's a child of God, he's got the Holy Ghost in him but he's a very foolish boy he's a choir director and he's sleeping with all the ladies in the church he's a deacon or the elder who is into sex who is into saying foolish things He's a sexual leader. <laughs> He's listening to secular music. Al Kelly is his favorite musician. Shatawale is his favorite musician. When you fellowship with him, Shatawale, who you will talk about? You will not talk about Jesus. You talk about Shatawale. You can meet a Christian who is into all kinds. You sometimes you are unable to differentiate whether this person is a Christian or not. It's like, ah, are you are you really born again? Oh, I'm born again. What's your problem? But it's into everything you can think about. He can be telling you, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because he knows that cliche. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've got the life of God in me. But his character, his life is terrible. Why? Because he has forgotten that his sanctification is progressive. And he will be judged based on his sanctification as well. Look at this. There's follow peace with all men. And holiness. In other words, follow peace and follow holiness. Do you understand? That's how it's supposed to be. Follow peace with all men and follow holiness. Then it says, without which no man shall see the Lord. No man shall what? You think it's only earth bound? It's also heaven bound. It's not just earth bound. It's heaven bound. You enter heaven, you can't see the Lord. There are people who have been in heaven and they have not seen the Lord. Yeah. They've not, they will never see the Lord. Why? Because when they were down here, they weren't following holiness. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall what? They shall see God. Who shall ascend into the holy hill of the Lord? Who shall stand before it? His holy mountain. He that has pure, a pure heart, a clean hands. Without the clean hands, without a pure heart, you can't. It's the truth. And a lot of Christians who will be on the borders of heaven or outer darkness, if you like. All because of this particular thing I'm talking to you about. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldinc.com. God bless you.